grace, mercy and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. My address for this morning is based on the second reading for today, which you heard read earlier from Philippians chapter 1. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there's no such thing as a sure thing. That statement brings out the scepticism in human nature. People are cautious to jump into something thinking it might be a scam. After all, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. So there's no such thing as a sure thing. In our heart of hearts, we might agree. And that's why St Paul's words this morning are so surprising. His sentiment and hope stands in complete contrast to our often negative, cynical outlook on life. In fact, the Apostle states in all confidence that Christians have a sure thing. He goes on to outline that certainty. He tells us that we have a sure thing in life and we have a sure thing even in death. The Christians in Philippi must have wondered what was going on. The Apostle Paul was locked up in prison. They had no idea if he would survive or not. What's worse, they wondered how this would affect them. The Apostle was in prison facing the possibility of the death penalty. Would Christians even bother listening to the gospel if their best known and most eloquent supporter, St Paul, was a prisoner of the state? The truth is that Paul's imprisonment actually became a tool in God's hands. God worked through Paul's stay in Rome to advance the gospel. A palace guard was assigned to watch over Paul. This was a detachment of elite troops. They served as the emperor's bodyguard. As Paul awaited his trial in Rome, he became acquainted with many of the soldiers in the palace guard. These soldiers began to realise that Paul was no ordinary prisoner and he certainly wasn't a criminal. It became clear that Paul was simply a prisoner because of his connection to Jesus Christ. His only crime was that he proclaimed the gospel. The guards spoke about Paul's case with each other and with their family and friends in Rome. As a result, the gospel of Christ was being shared. Paul's case became front page news. It was the talk of Rome. Paul realised something as he sat there in prison. He could have felt sorry for himself, doubted God's love and guidance, or he could take advantage of the opportunity to make a friend and share the name of Jesus. 
Paul realized he had a sure thing. And he knew God had given it to him. St. Paul trusted that the Lord God would provide for all of his needs in life. It's as he wrote to the Romans, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The Apostle Paul lists the reason he had this opportunity to speak boldly, even in the face of uncertainty and danger. He says, For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly await and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death. Paul here admits that his boldness was the result of the Philippians who prayed for him. They prayed that God would give Paul the strength and boldness to take advantage of the opportunity to share Jesus, even though he was in chains. The reason they prayed was because they trusted the Holy Spirit would grant a sure thing, that he would give Paul the words needed to share the name of Jesus with those who had imprisoned him. The Holy Spirit was using Paul to glorify Christ. The sure thing is that God will give us opportunities to share our faith with people in our lives. That means the Lord God might even put us in unsavoury places to accomplish his goal. Too often we're tempted to doubt God and wonder if he knows what's best for our lives. We might wonder why God allows sickness, unemployment or a family crisis to enter our lives. Yet, God tells us exactly why these things often happen. It's his way to give us a sure thing because that's his way of answering prayers. You may be struggling with a problem or crisis in your life right now because that's God's answer to your prayers. If you've ever prayed for patience, you know that God will often answer that prayer by giving you an illness, a troubled child or some other challenge to produce patience. Just think how God answers our prayers on behalf of each other. The Lord may lead us into a tough situation, unemployment, a hospital stay or a death in the family as a chance for us to pray for one another. And in this way we rally around each other and build up the unity of the spirit. That's why Paul urges us to stand firm in the spirit. He says, I will know that you 
Stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Stand firm in one spirit is actually an athletic term. Paul uses athletic phrases from time to time in his writings. He often speaks of the Christian life as running a race. Stand firm is an athletic term that creates the image of a defensive stance. Like a defender in football who has to stand firm to prevent the opponent from scoring a goal. The Christian must stand firm in the face of conflict or adversity. And we are to stand firm together. Enjoy the fellowship we have as members of God's family. I have heard people make statements such as, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I can worship God alone or on the beach or in the mountains. Well, we can worship God alone as Paul did in prison. But that's not all there is to being a Christian. Being a Christian also means sticking together. Not only worshipping together, but also sticking together, even in conflict and trouble. Praying for each other and offering to help one another to remain strong in Christ. So, stand firm and know that God will provide a sure thing. This applies even to the other aspect of Paul's argument in our text, where he says, For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. St Paul wasn't sure what would happen, whether he would be released from prison or whether he would be put to death. Yet, that didn't matter. In the end, he trusted that God would provide a sure thing. Paul knew he was a new creation by God's grace. In baptism, he had put on Christ. He lived every day in the knowledge of forgiveness. His sins were covered by the blood of Jesus. St. Paul knew his strength for daily, he drew his strength for daily living from Christ Jesus. His constant desire was to know Jesus more deeply and to serve him more completely. If our lives are grounded in Christ, then we'll share the Apostles' view on death. It's true that we all love this life with its blessings and opportunities, but we should look forward to heaven as a joy, a place where we can worship and serve God perfectly. It's a matter of focus. And it doesn't involve focus on ourselves, but on what God desires. Even if the Apostle Paul made it out of prison, he was going to continue to serve others. His vision was focused on others, not on himself. 
self-focused people have the most difficult time letting go of this life. Too often we fear death because we're too focused on ourselves. When we focus on ourselves, we take our eyes off of God and our faith suffers. We are led to doubt that God has a sure thing in mind for us. Yet he does. Death is simply the doorstop Christ uses to prop open the gates of heaven. We don't need to fear it. We can embrace it. Even in our death, we can give God the glory and strengthen one another. I've had the chance to hear many people confess their trust in Jesus, even as death loomed over them. What a joy to know that a loved one is with Jesus, at rest, without pain or suffering. So whether we live or die, we have a sure thing. St. Paul believed that. He urged the Philippians to believe that. And by God's grace, we believe that too. We have a sure thing in Christ. We will be faced with opportunities to give God the glory in this life and in the life to come. And that's a sure thing. Thanks be to God. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.